Hello and welcome to Fed Talks. I'm your host, EJ Fez. How's everyone doing? Uh, I gotta be honest with you, that is my key characteristic as a as a speaker, I think, is my blistering honesty. Um honestly, kinda in the post vacation doldrums right now. Cause like the world's not back to normal yet and we might backslide and that was like the one thing I had to look forward to and at present I have nothing on the schedule to look forward to so it's sort of you know it's just just a whole lot of whole lot of 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 rot frankly also and uh I will admit this is very dumb, but I can't control how my brain works. Uh, and I maybe I'll talk a little more about the the movie itself, but uh, uh, the the newest Fast and Furious movie F Nine: The Fast Saga. Uh, I saw it when I was on vacation, actually, and I didn't really like it. Uh, you know, there were some good action scenes, but it was dumb in ways I couldn't really reconcile with what they're trying to do. And it just it didn't really do anything for me. And uh, then a couple of days ago, I listened to a podcast where the hosts were so psyched about it and talking about how it brought them to tears at certain points and really getting a lot out of it. And that made me feel like maybe I'm, 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 I, like broken inside that it like maybe this was a truly meaningful piece of art that is about trucks with magnets and because it meant nothing to me I'm broken and that kind of kicked off a depression wave that I am uh navigating we'll say that like that I did watch Perry Mason again over the weekend so that tells you where my where I'm at emotionally and mentally uh, but for as you know, and as much as Gabris and Griffin Newman liked it, uh, it was it it's it felt joyless to me. Like everybody's been joking, they're gonna have to put it, they're gonna have to go to space at some point, and then they actually do in this movie. But it was in such a uh, it was in a kind of a, an artless way where it just felt like that's what you find. We got to do the meme. And, uh, you know, it's, it's reached a point where they, they sort of, of uh, flail about giving the character, well, giving Vin Diesel at least an internal life where he sort of wants to get away from this and just raise his kid and he's vaguely religious but that's that's very at odds with all the murders he does. Like when he's fighting guys, he goes out of his way to make sure they're dead rather than knocked out. Like I mean, he actually he actually pulls a bane and snaps a guy's spine over his knee. And you know that sort of ultra violence works well in something like like John Wick or your average Jason Statham vehicle, where uh, the characters are either either haunted or or sociopaths. But it's very hard to reconcile with. Oh, he just wants to be a family man who also does so many, so many, uh, so many civilians have must die as collateral damage from his, his uh, sending trucks through buildings and stuff. 
Uh, but, you know, I'm just... I'm just grumpy because Hobbs and Shaw weren't in it, frankly. Uh, although uh, Jason Statham does show up in a post credit scene, which I assume means he's going to be in the 10th one. Or maybe it was just a setup to imply that Han beats him to death or something. I, I don't know. Look, it didn't do anything for me, and other people seem to get such genuine joy from it that I, f I might be the crazy one. And... It is the dumbest reason ever to kick off a fit of depression, I will acknowledge, but it happened and I'm dealing with it, and it's partly why I'm recording this on a Sunday afternoon instead of Friday night. I've just run out of time to record, and I have not felt like uh, uh, <laughs> interacting with the world, which is very stupid because it's about F9, the fast saga. But look, I'm dealing with the ways in which I'm broken, and I deserve credit for that. Uh this will be this will be especially fun to the the one-time friend of mine who has indicated repeatedly that I I need to uh see a therapist instead of starting a podcast but that person has not spoken to me in in 10 months and uh only occasionally says mean things about me on Twitter uh which is super cool thanks Cool. That's how we're going to be. Um, speak, I, I could branch off into talking about other movies or a, a Twitter thing. I'm going to talk about the Twitter thing real quick. Uh, which might still be... might There might be a follow-up. I don't know. Uh, I was not expecting it to advance at all. But uh, uh, the, the comedian uh, Paul Shear, and just based on the people I know personally who listen to this, they either absolutely know who Paul Shear is or I will not be able to give them... Uh, I will not be able to explain him in any way. There, there's no real middle of the road. Like I don't necessarily, you know, the the people I know who don't know him, I I don't have a reference I can give them where they'll go. Oh yeah, that guy. Um, but he was he put on social media because of Black Widow, which I will talk about shortly, but not any spoilies. Uh, he he put on on social media a list of his favorite prequels. And he called the James Bond movie Casino Royale a prequel, which is crazy. Yes, it's set at the beginning of Bond's career, but it's a reboot. It's not a prequel. You can't put the, the James Bond movies in any kind of linear timeline, uh, partly because they span uh, almost 60 years of real time now, and he would be a very old man. Uh, and partly because there's some glitches that prevent you from doing so in this particular case. Uh, and so I just, and I, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't tag him, which for you, you non-Twitter people, if you tag somebody, it means they will be notified and a famous person probably is not going to see that notification or care. Um, uh, so I didn't, because I don't, I don't tag people. I don't know unless I'm specifically complimenting something. Uh, so I just, I tweeted that it's insane that, that, uh, Paul Shear thinks Casino Royale is a is a prequel and not a reboot and I'm surprisingly passionate on this topic yeah, it's fine some people liked it you know most of the people who are paying attention to me on Twitter know how I get about certain things and overnight Paul Shear tweets at me that it is a prequel that starts the series 
and then the rest of the series, uh, 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 Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace are chronologically the first two movies, and then the series begins. And usually when a famous person tweets, there's like, it, it's a nightmare. But like he he just did it as a direct reply, so it didn't necessarily show up in his timeline. So I didn't get a million Paul Shear followers telling me I'm stupid. So I appreciate that. But because it was early morning and I was shocked to see a reply, I wrote back that that, that doesn't hold up because... Judy Dench is M in Casino Royale, which is Bond's first assignment. But in Pierce Brosnan's first movie, Goldeneye, she becomes the new M after decades of Bernard Lee. So trying to set up that timeline means each of them is a veteran on the other's first day, which is impossible. So you, you, can't, you can't put those in the same continuity. It doesn't work. Uh, you also have the fact that Doing so means he that James Bond learns about Spectre twice and meets Blofeld for the first time twice. And, uh, you know, even given that, that uh, Judy Dench's M dies in Skyfall, spoilers, I guess, but you've seen it, uh, you would have to put all the Pierce Brosnan movies at the front of the lineup, which means Goldeneye, which is explicitly post-fall of the Soviet Union, happens before the movies where the Soviet Union is a going concern. Uh, it's, it's madness. I tweeted that in a much shorter version, and then I also followed up by saying that I'm a big fan and I feel like an a-hole for arguing. And he hasn't replied yet, presumably because he has a family and a life and work. Uh, but I'll keep you posted. I don't know if we're... I, I hope I don't... Uh, <laughs> I hope I don't now have a contentious relationship with Paul Shear. But come on, anybody. My two big issues with with that people try to do with Bond is put all of the movies into a single timeline, and people who try to do the thing where, <coughs> excuse me, people who try to do who say that well every actor is a different guy and he's just given the code name of James James Bond, which is like clever as a thought experiment, but it's also canonically not true given that multiple Bonds have referenced the Bond family crest. Uh, you would not be given a... It's stupid. I hate when people do that. I think somebody put it in a movie and it got to be a thing and it, it's wrong and dumb and you're making us all look bad. Uh, anyway, I'll keep you posted. I might end up getting blocked by Paul Shear for disagreeing with him. I don't know. Uh, on the other hand, I did see Black Widow, which is the first Marvel movie in two years. Which is crazy. That is the first time that's happened since... Uh, I mean, I think it's ac actually a longer... Uh, from that, from the, uh, the Edward Norton Hulk movie to Iron Man 2 was like sh just shy of two years. But they didn't really have a lot of irons in the fire right now. And they were doing three a year and... You know, now everybody's playing catch-up. And so that was... It was super fun to go and, you know, see a Marvel movie again. That was maybe a lot of the way the people who are more emotionally involved in the Fast and Furious movies were reacting to that was kind of how I reacted to this, where it was sort of a 
like a big old old goal post on the road to normalcy. I know you don't have gold goal posts on the road. That's a bad metaphor. Uh, but it was really, it was it it, it was it was fun. Um, I am not a huge fan of Scarlett Johansson, uh, at least partially due to her 2008 album of Tom Waits covers, which is terrible. Uh, but also, I think she's been sort of visibly disinterested in playing the character for a few years now. So uh, I wasn't exactly super psyched. Like, it wouldn't have been my first choice for the first movie back. And it does take a while to, to amp up. I'll admit that. I like the... I'm really, I really... I don't want to spoil any story points because it just came out. i maybe talk about it more later. Uh, but over the credits, they play a slowed-down version of Smells Like Teen Spirit, which makes sense in the... Uh, in the sense that the opening scene is set in 1995. But also, that's such a ridiculous uh, cliche. And it's not the worst creative choice in a Marvel movie, but it's it's up there. I mean, the one that comes to mind as being worse is Black Widow's dialogue in, in Age of Ultron, the, uh, the Who's a Monster Now speech, where she compares uh, infertility to literally being the Hulk who is an actual monster and then nobody ever like checks her on that or or provides a counterpoint and you're just sort of left with the idea that yes a woman not being able to bear children is worse than being an actual monster made of rage uh, I feel like that should have been at this point maybe the fourth clue that Joss Whedon was a creep but somehow we let that slide for a few years. Um, but look, we don't want to talk about Joss Whedon here. Dude's a creep. Um, but uh, beyond that, it's especially when uh, David Harbour from Stranger Things joins the joins the main plot. He's very fun. Uh, Florence Pugh and Rachel Weisz are great. Uh, Scarlett seems to be having fun for the first time in forever and get some legitimate badass moments which all feel a little silly given that you know you, you know it's a it's a uh prequel to uh the most recent run of movies and you go into it knowing that she she dies in uh in Endgame uh and specifically dies in a weird sci-fi metaphysical way that's really hard to reconcile with Oh, she's in danger from this Russian mobster right now. You know, like her standing up to Ray Winstone is is just feels weird when you know that in a couple of years she's going to have to <laughs> sacrifice herself on 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 Vormir so that uh, Hawkeye can recover the Soul Stone. It it creates a weird there's a weird uh, uh, dissonance there that that's interesting. It might be, it might maybe be. Once I think about it more, it might be be a positive. And if it's a negative, it's not. I mean, it's not really anything you can avoid, and it's not that negative. Like in terms of absolute value, it's very small, one way or another. But all in all, I enjoyed it. Had a blast. It was great. Um, we're sort of headed into a period where the next few Marvel things are not really psyching me up. Uh. We got a movie every 
two months or so through the end of the year. Uh, next up is is Shang Chi, uh, who's a kung fu guy, who I've never really been interested in, and uh, you know it's it seems like it's hard to really put stakes into a movie about a karate guy in a world where Thor exists, but. I don't know. Maybe they'll do something fun. I mean, their track record's real good. I'm sure it'll. I'm sure I'll end up enjoying it. But right now, I'm not. I'm not counting the days to Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And then, then the Eternals, which the director of won an Oscar since the movie was delayed by COVID, which is very cool. But also, the Eternals are kind of terrible. Uh, so hopefully, they do something really new and interesting with them but the trailer is very sort of by the numbers uh and again, i'll probably get psyched at some point but right now it's just sort of you know i'll be there i'll see it the first night i'm just again not uh not looking to buy an eternals t-shirt or anything uh and then in tv show loki finishes up in loki which has been super fun um I really love Richard E. Grant showing up as like comics accurate Loki, <laughs> which which was very funny. Uh, that ends soon. I think the next Disney Plus show is the animated What If, which is a little harder to get psyched about uh, because What If the whole premise is uh, the comics used to be if one thing was different, like what if the Fantastic Four got different superpowers, or what if uh, Peter Parker's spider bit somebody else. And then, but what ultimately happens is it plays out in a way that's either uh, not as good as what they actually did, or they would have done that the first time, or it's a story where everybody ends up dying. So what if is, is really the whole premise of the series is what if the comics you liked weren't as good as they were the first time? And, you know, the show will probably be fun, but it also... It really seems to leave behind that premise where one tiny thing is different because one of them appears to be, what if Black Panther was Star-Lord? And it seems like that's very hard to reconcile with a single, uh, like that's not just one little twist away from the reality that we know. This is way longer than I intended to talk about what if. I'm just saying it's into a, a period where I'm sort of greeting the new Marvel pro projects with with less enthusiasm than I have in the past. But we do get new Spider-Man by the end of the year, and who's not psyched about that? Come on. Um, I was going to say Sam Raimi's directing it, but he definitely isn't. He's doing the next Doctor Strange. <laughs> Maybe I'll just start a rumor, see if I can get some get some heat on this podcast. Uh, I tried to come up with a good thing from next door to for our segment of weird things happening in my loosely defined neighborhood. But this week it has mostly been people angry about fireworks or people whose dogs ran away because of fireworks. And I have my own dog who is very scared of loud noises. And there's very little that's funny about next door fireworks posts. Guys, cut it out with the fireworks, for God's sake. Dogs and veterans are terrified. Maybe cat, you don't really hear about cats freaking out, but if cats are bothered, then I add them to my statement. Also, I didn't mean to be cat exclusionary, but it seems like you never hear about it. Cats maybe are just generally more chill. Uh, 
but the one the one I really like somebody posted a picture of a frog in a in a jar and his question was what does my frog eat <laughs> and at the time I looked at it there were two answers four answers sorry and two of them were Google frog <laughs> and the other two were you should not have that frog in a jar you need to let that go and <laughs> I like to think it's maybe some sort of super dangerous frog, but I just like the idea of going to next door with a question that would take you literally, actually less time to Google because you don't need to post a picture or log into next door. You just open up a computer and go, what do frogs eat? What does frog eat? <laughs> that person would definitely Google it ungrammatically. <laughs> what, what, does, what does frog eat? <laughs> Guys, what does frog eat? What am flies? Now here's a thought I had, and I want to put it out there because I, I am actually, I am genuinely interested in getting uh, feedback. But one thing that's that's really interesting to me is how school kids all over America seem to know the same like songs and chants. And I mean, they did when I was a kid, which was before, before the internet or before any kind of monoculture. But the, I don't know how this stuff just sort of spread mimetically. But we, like, everybody knew the same things to say when they jumped rope. Or uh, I confirmed recently that that all of my friends were familiar with the the racist schoolyard rhyme that ended with "Me go pee pee in your coke." Uh, and I, I don't know how those those spread, but there's one that I really wonder if it was specific to my school because it was so dumb and half-assed. I can't uh, I can't imagine it was a thing, and it's also very tied to the time in which I was a child. So I have not been able to stop thinking about what it even means or where it came from, or if like a kid in my school just made it up. Uh, or if this was this was a well-known thing and maybe we had a bad version of it that left out crucial information that would make it make any kind of sense. So this is me. I regret I'm I was gonna give you a warning that I'm going to sing, but it's largely tuneless. so it's almost just like a regular person talking. I'm not good at this. Uh, the song had two verses and it went as follows. Marijuana, marijuana, McDLT, McDLT. Betty Crocker makes it. Ronald Reagan takes it. Why can't we? Why can't we? Right? It's real dumb. Like, I mean, there's a lot of repetition. There's eight lines, and three of them are repeats. And I, I don't know where it's likening marijuana to the then-recent McDLT, I don't know what Betty Crocker has to do with any of it, or Ronald Reagan, for that matter, who did not have a reputation as either a pothead or a lover of fast food. Um, if anybody... So if you if you grew up with this song in the rotation at your schoolyard, or if we had a corrupted version and there's a better one out there, let me know. Um, boy, running low on time. I do want to mention that the new season of Big Brother, of which I think only one episode has actually aired as I record this, 
but I follow a lot of Twitter feeds. I don't watch the live streams because that would, I would never be able to lead a normal life after that. Uh, it would just take up all my time, but uh, Big Brother is the CBS reality show where people spend a, the summer in a house together and somebody is voted out every week and the winner wins money. And it is wonderful and I love it. And uh, I have watched every episode. This is season 23. <laughs> uh, often the seasons are bad. Like I love the game, but the execution of it is often poor. Uh, and some seasons are unbearable because of how the game is weighted in favor of meatheads. And two-thirds of the way through the system, you just got a bunch of, bunch of bros just gradually turning on each other. And that can be a real bummer when you invest. Because it, it's on like three times a week. So, uh, you know, you usually end up watching about 40 episodes in a season. And up until last season, I had always recapped it for my website uh, uh, with my friend Mindy. We would alternate episodes. And we didn't do it last season because, you know, it was coronavirus and I was too depressed to write anything. And I probably won't this year, partly because I don't have satellite anymore. So I'm watching on Paramount Plus, which is a day late. And honestly, if you post a reality show recap a day late... Uh, nobody will read it. They're not really... And that's part of it, too, is this isn't really, like, evergreen content. Like, after a certain point, nobody will ever care about it again. And so I I, I don't really... And if if, if my, my website had the audience it used to, it still might be worth it just to get that one... Like, that one day of use out of it, because... Uh, we used to have we used to have a lot of readers and it would be fun, but I don't have that audience anymore uh, due to so so many variables, including changing websites and not really letting people know, which is a thing I still need to link the old URL to the APIVE. Uh, but the point is, for first episodes off to a real good start. Uh, they did a good job with casting this year. There are very few. They they really kept it low on the number of meatheads. Um, I'm not thrilled that they're doing teams again, but by splitting up the teams, each team, uh, two men, two women, uh, that will maybe ensure a little more gender balance in the house going forward because so often you end up with just this, just the women getting picked off by, by dudes, uh, and some of the, there's a lot more diversity than than I've ever seen. You usually will be, you'll get maybe two black people if you're lucky and one other, which encompasses uh, uh, Latino, Asian, uh, gay, you know, which is not a race, but for their purposes is all in the same bucket. And there, it's really, it's it's really a diverse group this time, which is very cool. Uh, there is one character, one character, he's an actual person, and I cannot think of his name right now because I've only seen one episode and nobody's name is stuck with me, including the, the obvious front runner who is a, a bisexual woman who is an AI programmer and has already shown, indicated signs of just dominating this thing. Her name is like Claire or something, I can't remember. But this one guy, he's a, 
he's and I think everybody is much younger than me every once in a while they throw a, a one old person on the show and the last few seasons the one old person has been younger than me which is great they don't want anybody up in their 40s Ooh. Uh, but there's this he's uh, this he's kind of this this uh, uh rotund black guy and I, the only reason I mentioned that he's rotund is because of one revelation that's coming and also because he has he's from Philadelphia and his his video had him running up the stairs like Rocky <laughs> and he's out of breath instantly which is also what would happen to me and I would not make that my video but he's very charming and winning and then at the end of the video he hits you with, with two two uh two surprises or two two facts really that make him utterly fascinating to me first he says he's gay okay cool you know that's a lot of people they will say that the first thing in their video if uh you know and uh big brother also has a history of getting uh uh like performatively gay men where you sort of go oh yeah okay Whereas you don't really, but the reason that's interesting is the second reveal is that he is the son of boxing legend Joe Frazier, <laughs> which is wild. <laughs> and like that's 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 a lot. That's a surprising amount. That's just just a surprising combination of things. And he seemed very nice and funny and happy and I hope we find out he has a great relationship with his dad. I do not know if Joe Frazier is alive as I'm saying this. I, I hope so for the sake of this man whose name I can't remember yet. Uh, but it's off to a real fun start. The first, usually the first challenge is is very strength based which again favors the favors the bros. But this was sort of a team challenge that involved uh First, there was a puzzle, and then a team challenge that involved balancing. So it it was. It seems like it might be a little more equitable this season after doing like so many so many physical strength competitions last year. And I do not mean to imply that, for example, any woman couldn't beat me in a a competition of physical strength. But there's always they all. It's always really heavily heavily leaned towards buff dudes and tiny ladies and you know when you have a you have a uh challenge that then involves a lot of a lot of say lifting uh you know there's a disparity there and it seems like they're trying to address that and i'm very excited i think it'll be i'm and there are times they've broken my heart before so i i approach every season with a healthy amount of skepticism while also knowing I will watch this show until the day I die or they get canceled. Uh, but right now, I'm hopeful. Uh, I'm a little... Usually I have a Big Brother a big brother crush immediately, and I do not have one this season. Uh, I feel like I might be... Maybe I've moved beyond TV crushes. Not because I'm so evolved. Maybe it's just because I'm... <laughs> I don't know. I'm old and depressed. Uh, and my real life crush is more out of my league than my TV crushes. Uh, and I am not happy that I said that into a microphone. And if you heard that, that means I forgot to delete it before posting. So, 
enjoy that glimpse into my life. Uh, and I am hoping uh, my friend Mindy, who I mentioned, my frequent co-writer, and uh, my social media friend Nancy, who years ago got me a cameo from Big Brother's Chanel, which was amazing. Uh, I am hoping to get their thoughts. And in fact, I'm hoping they specifically will get in touch with me on social media or fedtalks at yahoo.com to let me know, and I will uh, I will keep you abreast, and maybe we'll have a Big Brother... Maybe I'll have an episode with guests where we talk about Big Brother. Look, there's a lot of things that could happen. I just don't know. But I will probably mention Big Brother frequently, and I apologize for that if you're not interested in Big Brother, but... Uh, Honestly, you're probably also not interested in half the stuff I talk about, and you're just rolling the dice on any given episode. Uh, real quick, since this is already running long, obviously I have to do a word from our sponsor. Our sponsor, unsurprisingly, TeasedBySummer.com. Look, this is, what is this, 30 episodes now? Uh, I think for 29 of those episodes, I for, didn't think of it until episode 2. I have extolled the virtues of Tees by Summer. They're great. Her designs are fantastic. They look great. The shirts are high quality. They're wonderful. I want to just specifically... Uh, oh, man, I wish I would have talked about the new season of I Think You Should Leave, which I'm sure will will inspire a lot of new designs. Uh, uh, I am very much looking forward to see what Dan Flashes and Little Buff Boys uh, inspire. Um, we'll talk more about that next week, maybe. I'll put a pin in that. Uh, but she has, uh, she started doing mugs of some designs. And I didn't buy all of the mugs when they were first released because I was saving for vacation, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I got back, I ordered the mugs I don't have. Uh, there's a, she did a design based on the, the car ideas sketch from, from I Think You Should Leave. You know, that's stinky and too small, you know. And it's a very funny t-shirt. And I've got it as a t-shirt. And I ordered it as a mug. And I cannot believe... I got the mug yesterday. I cannot believe how good it looks. It's... The design uses up the space of the mug so well. And, like, there's a... It's like a it's like a, a blueprint of, of the car with, with notes on it. And it's a fairly intricate car and it looks so good and clear on the mug like you might think it would be too too busy at a certain size but no it looks tremendous i was so and i've been a fan for for uh uh you know a year plus however long it's been that the that the story has been a huge fan this i was so gleeful when i opened that box and got that mug and i just saw what how how good it looked in that format. Like, it is tremendous. It's so good. Uh, so, you know, go in there, buy something. And if you can't buy something right now, and look, the mugs are cheaper than the t-shirts. You can afford a mug. Get a mug. I've, I've got I've got a bunch of them. They look, they're great. They're, they are, all of them are great, but I was just shocked at how good the, how good the car ID is when looks in person. Uh, in fact, when I left a review of it on Etsy, I included a photograph of the mug itself because I, I was like, uh, 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 Teased by Summer is just so good at design 
and and layout and just uh, just blows me away every time. And this is a great example of that. So teasebysummer.com, buy something. If you cannot buy something right now, at least uh, uh, become an admirer of the store, and then you can even you can even like certain uh, uh, items, like as many as you can. That's good for the algorithm. Uh, you know, gets gets her higher in the search results. Uh, and if if there's one thing I can accomplish with this podcast, it, it, I, I'd like it to be that. Um, so that's all. Remember, buy some, buy something. And I guess that's the end of the ad. But you know, go on, check it out. Teasebysummer.com. Um, you can email me at fedtalks at yahoo.com. Uh, you can reach me on Twitter at ejfedus. Um, I'm really try to wean myself off social media, but I will see notifications. Um, you know, and I am going to check to see if Paul Shear is mad at me. So that's, uh, you know, I'll be around. Uh, Instagram, uh, EJ underscore Fetus, I think. I cannot swear to that. Uh, definitely not EJ Fetus. That is a that is my account, but I set it up while I'm drunk and I can't get, when I was drunk and I can't get into it anymore and it's embarrassing. Um, uh, check out the apive.com. I'm going to start writing more. Uh, I just posted something about replaying the Mass Effect games with the Mass Effect Legendary Edition that I think was pretty good, so check that out, the apive.com. Uh, and that's all for this week. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for dealing with a man in the doldrums and putting up with whatever sort of nonsense I've got. Uh, appreciate it. Thank you. I will talk to you next week. Bye. Fed Talks is a full boys production. Wah, 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 wah.